The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you lost a loved one recently? Do you find it hard to move on with your life? There are lots of questions and a quest for a solution. Where do you start? Welcome to From Morning to Morning with your host, Rabbi Mel Glazer. Rabbi Mel and his guests are here to guide you through the different stages of grief and help you heal from your loss. You'll come away with a much better understanding of how you can move forward. Now, here's Rabbi Mel. Hi there, and how are you? I missed you. And we're back. I'm Rabbi Mel Glazer, and this is called From Morning to Morning. And it is, its purpose is to help you move forward after a loved one has died. Now, that's not easy, and everybody who's uh, within the sound of my voice knows that it's not easy. But, you know, as the weeks and months go on, we're going to be able to um, go from morning to morning. And that's what I want to do. So, I was thinking uh, before, before we began, I was thinking that of, of topics that I want to do in the future. And one of them is uh, men and women and how men and women mourn differently. Because I think that's absolutely true. I think men and women absolutely do mourn differently. So um, I want to, in future weeks, talk about that. And I also want to talk about pet loss, because as you and I know, those of us who have or who do own pets, uh, pets are wonderful, and pets are members of the family, and your pet is is just as dear to you as other relatives, and so... When your pet dies, you feel that you have lost a member of the family. Now, I used to be into pet loss um, all the time. I had a pet loss practice, and uh, I, I don't do that anymore. I'm still interested in pet loss. Maybe you are as well. The reason I don't do that anymore is because it's difficult, you know, when an animal dies, one of two decisions are made by the family. The first decision is, I'm going to get me a dog, another dog, right away. Right away. Because uh, that's what I need. I need a dog right away, and so I'm going to get me one. And the other group of people say, you know, I'm not going to get another animal because to, if I do that, then that animal eventually is going to die. And I can't take it. I just can't take, you know, um, suffering through this animal's dying. And, and what happens is people make decisions very quickly. Sometimes within two or three days, sometimes um, they make decisions within a month or so, but they don't really feel that they need that time to, um, you know, talk to people like me and mourn and grieve and all that. So I sort of gave that up. 
but I will do a few shows on um, pet loss because I think it's so important that we do that. So expect that we will be doing that. Um, I, I can't tell you when. I can tell you that we will definitely be doing that. And um, so to be. And I have friends in the pet loss business, and I'm sure that they will be happy to help me help you. Okay? Got all that? Good. Because it's hard. It's, it's, really, it's really hard when you lose a pet. So we're going to talk about how men grieve and how women grieve. We're going to talk about how it is to be a widow or a widower. Uh, we're going to talk about those things and who knows what else. You know, if you want to call me and give me a suggestion, write this number down. It's 888-346-9141. I'll say it again. 888-346-9141. So... I just want to start, uh, before I get to the main topic, I want to tell you about um, something that's going to happen in my congregation tomorrow night. We're going to have a Shabbat Sabbath service, and we're going to honor, the service will really be a, a celebration of his life, a member who died a few months ago. And he was very important in the congregation, and we miss him terribly. And we're going to have a service where we're going to honor him, and I will say some things about him, and others will say some things about him. And uh, afterwards, we will we will have food to sell, help celebrate his life. And I would suggest to you that. That's a wonderful thing to do. Some of you belong to a church. Some of you belong to a synagogue. Some of you belong to a mosque. And some of you do not. But those of you who do, I would suggest that a few months after the funeral, that you do something in addition to the funeral. That you have some kind of memorial service, because I think at the funeral, you're really not paying attention. There's lots of people at the funeral, and they come up to you before and after the funeral, and, but you don't, they, it's hard to pay attention. There's too many people. There's so many people there. You just don't know what to do. And so my suggestion to you is to think about and talk to your minister, those of you who have ministers, or get your friends together in a, your house or one of their homes and talk about it and see, you know, talk about having some kind of a memorial celebration because then you'll be able, you'll be sort of back, not to normal, because through our conversations you know that it takes more than a few months to get back to normal, but you will be more ready to hear uh, what goes on and people who come to you and they tell stories about your beloved, you'll be more able to concentrate on what they say, if you've had time between the funeral and the celebration. So we're going to do that tomorrow night. This man was the past president of our congregation and personal friend of mine, and we're going to honor his memory and tell some funny stories about him. It's sort of like a funeral. 
but it's different. It's shorter, and uh, people tend to be able to tell stories better when they're not looking at his coffin. Whether it's open or closed doesn't matter in this sense, but people are much, it's much easier for most people to talk when they have that distance from his death and his funeral. So that's what's going to happen uh, tomorrow night in my congregation. And I, you know, suggest that tradition to you. Some of you may have done that already. Some of you may have not. But I want you to think about it because I think it will help you mourn, which means lay him down, lay him gently down or lay her gently down. I think it will help you to do that uh, better because you have more time to you've had more time to think about it. So um, we have a break coming in two minutes, so I don't want to start what I was going to talk about yet. So I I will I want to say that I've been to a lot of funerals in my 42 year career as a rabbi, and it's so interesting. Uh, what happens? Some funerals, like mine, there are a lot of stories that are told. People who are there, that's how they mourn. They tell stories. And they laugh, and they cry, and they talk about life lessons that they have learned from him or her. And it's very nice tribute. And then we, in the Jewish community, we go to someone's home, maybe his or her, the, the one who has died, their home, and for a period of seven days, we have uh, evening services, and some places have morning services uh, in their memory, and we get together as a community. You know how much I love the notion of a community. A community can help you mourn. A community can help you go from morning to morning. A community can remind you that you are not alone, that you still have people that support you, that you still have people who are your friends, that you still have people who are sad at your loss because in a very important way, your loss is their loss as well. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You 
are listening to From Morning to Morning. To find out more about our program, visit GriefOK.com. Again, that's GriefOK.com. Now, back to From Morning to Morning. Hi there, I'm back. We have been talking about uh, funerals. We have been talking about memorial services after the funerals. And now I'd like to segue to uh, something else. Uh, We've talked about people come up after the funeral or even weeks and months, friends of yours, and and they try to say nice things, uh, but they really don't know what to say. So I'd like to share some words that I have recently read which deals with this topic from someone that I know and and see how you feel about that. If you have feelings, call me up. Uh, as I said before, the number is 888-346-9141, and maybe we'll chat a little bit. In November... I experienced the deaths of my grandfather and a close friend in the same week. I had just finished the final assessments for my master's degree and had a number of commitments, including two jobs. I canceled everything. I was having trouble getting through the day and sleeping. I certainly was not ready to interact with humans apart from my wife, family, and friends. Even those interactions were tenuous, since one of the stages of grief is anger, mine came quickly red hot. Um, I'll just insert that we've talked about anger. You get angry at the one who died because he or she left you. You get angry at the doctor. You get angry at the nurses. You get angry at God. You get angry at yourself for what you think you didn't do. And he was angry. This grief was different to anything I'd experienced before. If I thought about one of them, which was painful in itself, the other person sprung to mind immediately. Instead of being able to process the losses individually, their deaths became connected, making my grief all-consuming and inescapable. The fact that my grandfather was decades older and didn't have young, dependent children, did not make his death easier to accept. Remember, I've said to you that every death is mourned at 100%. So it doesn't matter whether they're six days old or 96 years old. doesn't matter. The fact that I had only known this friend for three years didn't make hers less important to me. The same friend consoled me earlier in the week when she found out that my grandfather had died. I felt shocked by the suddenness of his death, and she provided support and assistance, apologizing that she couldn't do more. Later that same week after her death, I couldn't stop looking at our last online conversation. I felt guilt and regret. I hated not being able to grieve either my grandfather or friend properly. Unable to cope with the permanence of their deaths, I tried to live in denial whenever possible. As 2015 drew to a close, my Facebook feed contained a significant number of posts celebrating the end of a terrible year. Many I knew had experienced the death of beloved family members, friends, or a partner during the year. Online, many of us exchanged sympathies and condolences, or simply clicked like on a poignant post. Social media made it easy to express sorrow in 140 characters or less. I wondered how many of us were talking about it face to face. The next section is called When Social Pleasantries Are Not so pleasant. Social pleasantries have evolved to include asking strangers and colleagues relatively personal questions in a casual, chummy way. How are you today, we ask, expecting a cheery response. 
The truthful answer may be that the person is feeling terrible or isn't coping. But the onus is to lie and tell the expected line of, Oh, I'm real good, thanks. I'm just fine. I understand in Australia, people seem to enjoy asking, How was your weekend on Mondays? And got anything good planned for the weekend from Tuesday through Friday? The answer depends on a few things. If your weekend involves something distressing or painful, are you willing to talk about it? For those who prefer not to get too personal in work, you might say, just a quiet one. Some people prefer to reel off an impressive list of social events every time they are asked this question. When I am mourning, I cannot lie. Or maybe I just don't want to lie. The grief flares up suddenly, especially during casual conversation. If I'm not about to cry, I might speak up directly and honestly. I'm not feeling very good, actually. My grandfather and a close friend just died. Now, I, Mel Glazer, think that's the best response. Uh, you're not responsible for their feelings. They're not responsible for your feelings. So be honest. If you don't feel like talking, don't talk. Just say, I'm not feeling very good, and say why. It isn't just that their question makes me feel bad, so I want them to feel bad. When I am grieving, I find it hard to have a conversation that doesn't involve talking about death. I bring it up constantly, even when it makes some people uncomfortable. My peak period of grieving coincided with the festive season. During the cheery conversations, if any topic even vaguely related to the lives of my, grand, my late grandfather or friend, I immediately brought them up, often resulting in awkward silences. And I would add, yes, I understand, and so do you. What do you do at a Christmas party or a Hanukkah party? or an Easter celebration, or a Passover Seder, when somebody dear and near to you, near and dear to you is, has just died, and everybody else is seemingly happy, and their lives seem to be going well, and you feel torn. You don't want to be sad, but you are. It, it works out. It, um, it changes as time and your actions change. And you will be shocked when next year comes around and your responses to them are different because you feel better, not good, but better about grieving your loved one. I'll continue. There are also practical and emotional reasons to be brutally honest. People need to know why you keep canceling work or social plans or why certain things make you cry. In my case, string instruments and birds. Even when I talked about the deaths at appropriate moments, however, I noticed that not many people seem to know how to respond. It's interesting. You know, I've been on the air 13 weeks, 14 weeks. Nobody's called me once. Nobody has sent me any emails. I understand that. It's difficult to talk about it. So you have the number. If you want to send me an email, send it to Rabbi Mel, R-A-B-B-I-M-E-L, at griefok.com. Don't be afraid. We're friends. You know that I will treat your feelings with the utmost and greatest ability that I have and love for you, and sorrow for your loss. So, he goes on. I remember thinking that you had to have experience with loss and grief to be able to talk about it. I didn't know the rules about what to say or send to a mourner. I didn't know you could talk about trivial topics with a grieving person and that it didn't all have to be grim faces 
and apologetic hand gestures. My teenage mind assumed that when you were grieving, you grieved 24-7. That's very important. You don't just talk to a griever about grief and loss. Uh, you just don't do that. And as you well know, you can't talk about it all the time. You live in this world and other things happen. And so somebody will come up to you and, and, and tell you how sad they are that your grandfather or your close friend died. And then you'll start talking about the presidential elections and who's going to run, who are they going to be the nominees and, and what's going on. And you talk about it just because you're a mourner, just because you're grieving doesn't mean you're not living in the real world. So don't think that you must talk about grief all the time. First of all, you don't want to do that. And second of all, other people are not interested as much as you might like for them to be. So this um, man talked about going to a funeral. I'm sorry. He had a funeral. He missed a funeral. And the shiva, the seven days, which the Jewish week of mourning, where you stay home, avoid celebratory events, cover mirrors, and burn a candle. I'm going to talk about that one of these days. Shiva is designed to keep you focused on your loss rather than distracted by the outside world. It is considered a commandment that is an act of kindness to visit mourners. So... I didn't go to Shiva. He says, I didn't turn up with food. I didn't even send a card or call her. Death terrified me. It threatened my security and comfort since my grandparents were so central to my life and I knew how much she was hurting. I ran into the friend a few months later. She greeted me warmly. How have you been, I asked. Okay. I don't know if you heard, but my grandmother died. Um, oh no, I'm so sorry to hear that. I had no idea. I cringed as I did something I hadn't known I was capable of doing, lying and claiming ignorance. I forced out compassionate sounding words, which I found easier to think of since time has passed since her lost, and I figured this meant she was okay now. I didn't know how to talk about grief and loss, so I pretended it didn't exist. I wasn't willing to experience the awkwardness or embarrassment of fumbling my way through the words to risk getting it wrong. And I've told you before, I have taught you before, what do you do when you meet somebody who is suffering from a loss? You hug them. And you say how sorry you are. And if you knew the person, you tell a story, something that you two shared with each other. That's the best way you can comfort a mourner. That is the absolute best way. Don't say anything that deals with you, your deaths, your griefs. Concentrate on talking about the one who died, and your relationship with them. Okay. So, I'm going to move on. Well, I think, you know, we, we have a break coming up, and so I think I'm going to wait a little bit and let you think a little bit about what we've been talking about. Don't go away. We'll be right back. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Look among the stars like this bigger than it seems. Get inspired 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to From Morning to Morning. To find out more about our program, visit GriefOK.com. Again, that's GriefOK.com. Now, back to From Morning to Morning. Hi, this is Rabbi Bill Glazer, and we're back. We've been talking about a letter that a young man wrote after his friend and his Separately, his grandfather died, and his feelings about being unable to grieve them, um, he couldn't grieve them together because they were two separate people in his life, and how he tried to deal with the death and the grief that he was feeling. So he talks about a way forward, and he... um, says, here are 10 tips for talking about death. In the hope that the next time someone in your life is experiencing grief, you have a better idea of what to say or do. These are specifically for people you are close to. However, some of them apply to strangers, including customers if you're in a people profession. If someone confides in you or for whatever reason, you should definitely acknowledge their pain and loss. It's not easy to talk to a stranger but be a nice and empathetic stranger. Number one, acknowledge something bad has happened. Not acknowledging grief and loss causes pain. It's better to acknowledge and get it wrong, even if this means fumbling and stammering your way through it, than to avoid any mention of the topic or to avoid the person altogether. Of course, some people may not want to talk about their loss, just as strongly as I wish to talk about it. They might prefer to receive flowers, a card, or a text message, acknowledgement without conversation. Whichever form you choose, something is better than nothing. But don't, 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 I add, ignore their loss. Number two, stay with the awkwardness. Grieving people often need to talk. However, a friend of mine said when I mentioned some of these problems, It's amazing, isn't it, how people disappear when you really need them? Don't assume that someone who is grieving has people to talk to. Loneliness can run rampant during grief. Make yourself available. If a grieving person brings up their loss and wants to talk about the person who died, listen and appreciate the stories they're sharing, even if you didn't know the person who died or know how to respond. You have to give them, I say the opportunity to talk. That's what you needed when your loved one died, and that's what your friends need when their loved ones have died. Even the most basic trite response is better than ignoring what, uh, what they said or only making a sympathetic face. When you feel the urge to run from conversation, focus your attention onto the person and their feelings rather than on your own comfort levels. If it gets to a point where you need to say something, just let them know that you're there to listen. Hold them, drink with them, eat with them, or cry with them. 
Number three, don't grief-splain. Grief-splain. Don't try to explain about grief. Uh, We've talked about this a lot. Uh, He says, don't try to justify the death. When my mother mentioned to someone that her father had just died, they asked how old he was. After hearing he had been 89, one replied, well, he was old, it was bound to happen soon. Grief is not lessened by the inevitability of death due to illness or old age. It still hurts no matter when they die. It still involves a loss of possibilities, conversations, and memories. So don't ever say that, at least, you know, he was bound to die. Same thing goes about the quote, at least he didn't suffer. Well, maybe he didn't, but you did. You are. Don't ever say, at least he didn't suffer. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And if he didn't suffer, thank God. But don't say it. Just don't say it. Um, death is tough. It's, it's bad news, no matter when it happens. Whether the person was young or old, healthy, or terminally ill. Another grief splain to avoid is telling someone don't blame yourself. Just discuss and listen to their regrets as regrets are a normal part of the grieving process. Remember, grief is about them, not about you, I hasten to add. It is not about you. Be gentle with them. Try to put yourself in their shoes. You may be able to, you may not be able to. But remember that they are the ones who are grieving. Give them the power to grieve. Don't you get in the way by talking about, I know how you feel. My mom died in the same hospital. Aren't they awful there? It doesn't matter. You loved your mom, but it doesn't matter how she died. You're trying to comfort somebody else. Try to comfort them not thinking about yourself. Be gentle with them. Offer something practical. Just don't say to them, I'm going to, whatever I can do, I'll do. Cook, clean, look after their kids, feed the pets, mow the lawn, or suggest something else that might help someone who is grieving. Religious communities seem to get this right. They seem to get together, and they do things, and they babysit, and they take the kids to school, and they prepare meals, or they suggest a brunch date, or a walk in nature, or a swim together. It's nothing like a dunk in the ocean to feel cleansed and invigorated despite inner turmoil and sadness. Uh, Next, he talks about losing an animal is painful too. If someone is grieving for a pet, don't ever say, well, it's just a cat or a dog or a rabbit. Don't ever say that. Acknowledge the loss of animals, even if they are small and don't strike you as important. After this, uh, his dog was put down, his colleagues and friends wrote really sweet messages on a card, which, which, which helped to make him supported and feel cared for. I remember, and I may have told you before, a long time ago when I was just a young rabbi, and I thought I knew everything there was to know about everything there was to know. So a member of my congregation called me. I was a rabbi in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. She said to me, Rabbi, my dog just died. When can we have the funeral? And I resisted the reaction of laughter because I knew that would not be appropriate. And I said to her, as gently as I could, Ruthie, we do not have funerals for pets. We only have funerals for human beings. 
And she acted as if she had not even heard me, which is very normal. Because you're in grief, you're in pain, you're numb. You're not in denial, you're in numb. There's no such thing as denial, but you are numb. She acted like she didn't hear me. She said again, well, I know, Rabbi, but when can we have the funeral? And I explained to her in more length, took more time with her until she understood that we were not going to have a funeral for her pet. Now, if it were today, I would be honored to officiate at the funeral of a pet. And if you ever need me to officiate at the funeral of your pet, you call me, you bring me out to where you are, and we, and I will do that. I would be honored. Because as I said at the beginning of the program, pets are as dear to us as members of the family. Sometimes more dear to us. They give us more love sometimes than the other members of our family. Also remember that sometimes it's not all bad. Grief can be painful and horrific, but also beautiful. There is a reason loss and grief are often at the core of art, literature, and music. They drag people through the extreme axes of emotion, heightening recklessness. People who are grieving are often more vulnerable, honest, and blunt. So this is a good time to get to know them. But it requires being open to criticism and a willingness to listen. Grief can lead to deeper friendships and relationships. It can also lead to a reliance on substance abuse or sex to get through. Sometimes grief is prolonged and can become a disorder or even involve suicidal ideation, which is where you need to be on the lookout. And if, you, if when somebody dies that you loved, you get to become a different kind of person. You can change who you are. It is not all bad. What if the marriage was no good? What if he didn't love you anymore? What, but you had kids, so you stayed together. What if you had abusive parents? What if you have friends that really were not your friends? They thought they were your friends, but they weren't. And you really preferred not to be with them. You'll, be, you'll not be surprised when I say that death opens up windows and opens up doors. And a lot of occasions after death comes to visit, you may find that relationships with people change. You can forgive people. You can apologize to people. You can remember the good times that you had with people. And you can say all that. You can say all that to your parents if they remain in the, uh, in the land of the living. You can say all that to your spouse or your kids. So it's not all bad when someone dies. Now, there are those of you who have probably never experienced death, and you wonder what I'm talking about. And I, I wish you never had to experience death. But those of you out there who have experienced death know exactly what I'm talking about. And sometimes you make peace after a death. And that's what I like to see happen. I like to see peace and healing come after a death. Because to remain angry does nobody any good. You remember I told you that Rabbi Harold Kushner says that you have to forgive people. For you, you have to forgive them. Not particularly for them, but for you. Why? Because he says that when you don't forgive somebody, 
You allow them to live in your head rent-free forever. You allow them to live in your head rent-free forever. You don't want to do that. You want to allow them to die so you can continue to live. So you have to forgive. Don't be surprised after the next death comes into your life that your relationships with those around you may change. Then watch out for assumptions. Don't make assumptions about what people should be doing when they are bereaved. Some people want to go to work for the distraction of it. I didn't want to work and had the privilege of being able to cancel thanks to my supportive spouse and flexible casual jobs. Some people may not want to work but don't have a chance. Whatever you see the person doing, try to be supportive. Don't ever judge, I say. Don't ever judge. Don't make assumptions. Don't say, aren't you over it yet? It's been a year. Well, they're not. If they're not, they're not. Some people get over death quicker than others. It's not your business to judge other people. It takes as long as it takes there is no clock for the soul. Remember that. So when you see somebody at work whose daddy just died, do not go over and say, why are you here so soon? Why are you back to work so soon? It's not your business. Just go up to them and tell them how sorry you are. It's their decision to live their lives as they choose. There are stages of grief communication. Grief is very complex. It's a process to work through for both you and the person you care about. Just as grief involves stages, so does learning to, to communicate about it with your friends. It wasn't experiencing death that helped me become more comfortable talking about grief and loss. My journey has involved therapy as well as talking about it. With my wife, family, and friends, I still have a lot to learn, but I'm trying. So when someone dies, I say, you lose someone who is part of your world. You have to adjust to an existence where the person you lost is not reachable anymore. Mom is not going to call you Sunday at 4 o'clock to find out how you're doing. It's not going to happen. You have to accept that, and create a new life for yourself. I've spoken about a new you, and that's what happens. You become a new you. How you do that is up to you. I'm trying to help you learn how to do that by trying to talk with you about death and loss and healing. And finally, a note to the bereaved. For those of you who are experiencing terrible grief, I wish I could tell you what would make you better or how much longer you're going to feel like this. I hope you find a way through this pain. Look after yourself or find someone to help you. Even though it can be hard to find the words, especially when everything is bleak and grim, tell someone if you aren't coping. Call me. Go to a counselor. Go to your best friend. Go to your minister, your preacher, your rabbi, your imam. Go see somebody. Go talk about it. You need to hear yourself talk about your feelings. One thing that helps through the pain of losing your friends is it was bombarding yourself is bombarding yourself with her life, which means. You befriend their friends who are previously strangers to you, and you share memories about them. Spend time with her family, her spouse, his spouse, their children, letting them know that you feel the ache of her presence. I listened to the beauty and resonance of the string music that she loved. I read things she had written and laughed and cried. I went to her favorite beach and had the most joyful, 
exquisite swim in her honor. It was harder to do this with my grandfather's life. We've had a language barrier between us and a generational barrier. He kept things to himself. But then I remembered the way he used to go to the beach every day when he still lived at home. When he couldn't walk as well, he used to drive there, park, and watch the waves. For me, I found it calming to remember this and to imagine the peace it brought to him. I also remembered the way he liked to feed the birds on his balcony at home. When he had to move to the nursing home, he ripped the hole in the window screen and fed his bread scraps to an appreciative audience of birds. After he died, I kept noticing these birds. They bring him back to me. Even during the worst of my grief, the most helpful words I received were from a teacher I deeply respect. She said, there can be no happy time here except if you can allow the best of your grandpa to live on in you. That can be a perplexing challenge, but it can be a challenge that you can think about often as you remember the people that you have lost. That's what I say at funerals. I say to the people who are there, if you would properly want to honor this person and mourn this person, you will take a piece of his or her life home with you. Thank you again for joining Rabbi Mel Glazer for From Morning to Morning. Please tune in again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're wishing you strength and hope in the next week.